catching, catching up. Podcast. I'm Nami. I'm Ray. And this is Catching Up. And our guest for today is Jessica Kim. Also, yeah. um, also known as Jazega, uh, also known as Ice Queen. Uh, just kidding. Ice cream? Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said ice queen, but I guess you I've could interpret that. I've never heard that. Like I've never heard ice cream. I'm saying ice cream. Uh, ice cream is a joke. It's because Jazega is known for being very introverted. Oh. Ah, so introversion equals ice? Okay, dude, let's not look into this, all right? It's a bad <laughs> joke. Okay? She's actually a very warm person. Yeah. Unless you're not close to her. I think it's funny because we've had two Jessicas on the show so far, and we've also had two Daniels. Oh. I think maybe our parents' generation were just not creative with the names. Your brother has a really interesting name. His name is Jarvis, by the way. Jarvis the third. Yeah. And we just think that's such an interesting name to give somebody. And then, on the other hand, your name is Jessica, which is totally normal. Totally. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> So, how did you guys get your names? Yeah, great question. So, my brother's name is Jarvis. He's an older brother. And so, my parents are like your typical Korean-American immigrant, um, or we're typical Korean-American immigrant family. And Mm. so, when they were in their late 20s, they moved to the U.S. Mm. And um, they had my brother here. And so they probably were only here for like a year or two, so they didn't really know the language very well or anything. My mom was pregnant, and they were like looking for just different names, and they picked up like a baby book from I don't know what store. Um, And then they flipped to like the boy's name page, and they were like, oh, Jarvis has a really good meaning. It means like sharp, kind of cunning, wise, and so like, we're not a smart kid, you know? Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, your son could either be a genius or like a criminal. (laughs) Yeah, but they were just like, and I think they picked it purely for the meaning, and they didn't know that like there were certain common English names Uh, and whatever. So they were just like, oh, it's in a baby book, so a lot of kids must be named Jarvis, right? And then, so they picked that name, um, and then when my brother was born, the nurse is trying to take down his name for his birth certificate. So my mom was just like, Jarvis. And I think it's probably like a cultural or like an accent thing, but the uh, nurse took the name down, and then when they received his birth certificate in the mail, it said Garvis with like a G. That's so cool. <laughs> and then my mom's like, my mom's like, no, 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 that's not right, that's not right. So she had to like go to court to get oh it changed. Goodness. What? So she said his name's Jarvis. Oh, she should have kept it though. That's so cool. <laughs> and then, but then Jarvis. They, no, I mean, okay, sorry. They, um, and so they were like, oh, sorry, my bad. Let me fix this. Okay. Get the first certificate in the mail again. This time it says Travis. What the heck? Yeah. That's less Cause cool. Because they, they couldn't understand what I your mom was saying. I think there was just this language barrier oh. or something. And then, I might have mixed it up. It could have been Travis first or Garvis first, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But either way, they got the name wrong twice. Oh, my god! And then, so finally, on the third try, you know, third times, I forgot what that phrase is. But anyway, they got it. And so it's finally Jarvis Kim. And so it was just, like, so traumatizing for my mom. Yeah. And so, like, two <laughs> years later, when she's pregnant with me, she's, like, older and wiser. And she's, like, you know a name that you just can't oh. mix up? Jessica. Wow. Yeah. That's absolutely true, because my American name is Jessica, too. Mm -hmm. And 
rarely do people misspell it. Yeah, yeah. Rarely do they like mispronounce it. It's yeah. like a very yeah solid name. There's only one variation of Jessica, and that's just with two S's, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen like one oh. S, like Jessica or something. It's like oh, it's always Jessica. Yeah, it's always with two S's usually. Mm-hmm. Some I've seen it with the K instead of a C, oh, but other than that, that's wrong. Yeah, that's just that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I won't stand for that. Okay. <laughs> um, so here's here's a question I do have for Jazega. Okay. Um, by the way, we call her Jazega, and actually she serves in the youth group with us. My question is, uh, mm-hmm. how how would you would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? Mm. Well, I okay. Well, I just always love making sure that we're all on the same page here, right? So, nice. um, okay, when we're talking about introversion and extroversion, I would say that. A lot of times, especially in pop culture, when you think of introverts, it's like, oh, I'm so shy and like quirky and I have like deep thoughts and like whatever. And then like when you're an extrovert, it's like, oh, I'm super bubbly, outgoing, I get like energized by people. And then I think there's like another layer underneath that where people are like, oh no, extroversion is when you're around people and you feel energized. And introversion is when you're by yourself and you feel energized. And I think that's like a good like baseline definition, but... Um, One that I really resonate with more is um, when I say introverted and extroverted is where is your orientation at and where's your focus at? And so when you are extroverted with this definition, it's saying that you are focused and more in tune with your external surroundings, Mm -hmm. like things that you can physically touch, feel, see people, um, other people's emotions, their thoughts, um, all of those connections. And then on the flip side with an introvert is you're more in tune with your inner world and what's going on inside and so Mm. you're kind of you're a lot more I guess like you have a tendency to be a little more self-aware you're very aware of like where your value system is at or what your own thoughts and opinions are so when we're talking about like introverts and extroverts like I'm totally introverted because for me, I think that like the physical world that's around me, like things that you can like actually see and touch, hear, feel, whatever, like it's like the most out of tune for me. So mm-hmm. if you like notice like my like reaction time to certain things, like if it's like a ball flying across the gym, I will literally watch it fly past and then it'll register in my head that there was like a ball that flew by. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, I should go pick that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When the telephone rings, like I am probably the last one to react to it. You know, because I'm just so wrapped up in like my <laughs> inner really, world. yeah inner world. Like yeah. it, my inner world is more real to me than like my external world. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm wondering, since you guys say that you're introverted, like is that something you resonate with? And then, like obviously, everyone is in tune with a little bit of both, but I think you have an affinity towards one over the other. When I say I'm introverted, <laughs> what I really mean is um, <laughs> I get annoyed when I'm around people. Too long. <laughs> So, but I'm, I'm like very much in my head, but I'm also out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know, the way you described it was like, extroverts are like these cavemen and they like touch everything with their hands. No. And like, it's like so primal. No. And then like introverts are like these like, hmm, yes. And they have like these little monocles no, and they're like, so, they're like drinking tea with their pinkies up. Okay. Um, I mean, that's definitely me, you know, I'm definitely a tea drinker. I'm not some animal. Oh, okay. But, uh, mm. Just look clear. Well, I just think that like extroverts, and it doesn't even have to be with like physical things, but I think like the people that you're with, like you're more in tune with like how they're doing emotionally. Or, yeah. Like when they're talking, you feel more of a sense of connectedness. Mm. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, 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 I was joking. Um, I, I am introverted, and I do, like, yeah, as I mentioned before, like, I retreat into myself. I think about, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm, in my own, I'm in my own thoughts a lot. So I'm definitely more introverted than I am, like, extroverted, for sure. That's so interesting. I yeah. think based on that definition, I'm extroverted, though. Uh-huh. Because not, like, fully, fully, because I do have this inner world that I was more attuned to, I think, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I was very much more in that place all the time, and that was more real to me, not really understanding, like, what's going on on the outside. But, yeah, I think as an adult, I'm, like, more how you described it, like, looking for connections with people, mm-hmm. like, want to touch things. <laughs> You know, and like, oh, like there's an a ball flying. I'm like, I want to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. That's that's the test, though. Ask your friends to throw a ball at you when you're not looking. Yeah. If, uh, if you catch it, you're an extrovert. Yeah. If you catch it, you're an extrovert. If, if it hits you, you're an introvert. Uh, true story. You heard it here first. Saying, like where your orientation at? Wow. What is like more real to you? Right. You know, right. Say. Yeah. Um, and your focus, like right. you said. Yeah. And I mean, I just say that because I think like not just with the words introversion and extroversion, but with a lot of words, um, the meaning because of culture changes so much, mm-hmm. which is why I think as someone who is very introverted and in my own thoughts, and it takes me forever to formulate my thoughts into actual words and then coherent sentences, like I just like to make sure that we are all following the same definition because mm-hmm. even if we're using the same word, we can have very different understandings or definitions of what they are. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, Jazega uh, actually comes from a background of um, social work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's very attuned to like, um, and I'm noticing even as I'm looking at her, as she's speaking and listening, she's very good at listening. Um, very, very good, like, uh, you know, all the things they teach you. And she just does naturally, like, eye contact and, like, you know, nodding your head and, like, affirming people. Like, she's doing that to me right now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my question to you is, like, I know, it, I, I always feel like you're, like, using that background with me and with other people. And, like, do you ever, like, think to yourself that you are? Or do you think you always had those qualities in yourself? Like, were they inherent within you even before you received that training? You know? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say that I think that I've, I'm just naturally like this. So, um, for example, like growing up when I was like in fi- like five year grade, <laughs> five year grade. <laughs> when I was like, grade. When I was in kindergarten, like I remember, like my mom would just like complain to me about stuff, and especially because like you know she like moved away to a different country doesn't really have friends she doesn't have much people to talk to but like she would just tell me about like kind of just some like adult problems and I would just sit there and listen and be like okay I can like take this in and so I would say that like at least from an early age I've always been like that listener type Hmm. Um, and I think part of it has to definitely do with just the nature of who I am but also nurture and environment Um, but I think like, I don't know, I distinctly remember like by the time like I was around like six or seven, I figured out that like people just love talking about themselves. And Mm -hmm. so if you want to have friends, well, first of all, I would say like as an Asian American growing up in like just a standard American school where like there weren't a whole lot of Asians, the two ways that I sh- for sure made friends is one is making like an origami crate. Like if uh-huh. I just made a friend, like, if, like 
Like, because I was I I was a new kid like a lot, you know. Like I moved around a lot, and so I knew that like if I just took a post-it note because it's a perfect square, I made like a crane, put it on my desk, like all these like non-Asian kids would come flocking and be like, "Whoa, how did you do that?" And that was like my icebreaker. I think that's there's a term for this, isn't it called like starts with like an M, ends with like manipulation. Manipulation. I guess so. Like, to have but I was a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, I just wow. wanted friends. Yeah, yeah, that justifies it. Wow, just luring these kids in. I did the same thing. Oh my god! Is this a thing? Oh. Like I always had jelly roll pencils, yes. like gel pens, and I always had. Um, That's how things. you flexed back in the day. Exactly. Wow, exactly. you guys were flexing. Yeah, um, we were. Interesting. We were. But, but what was the second way then? And then the other way that I did it is I would just ask a lot of questions about oh. the other person that were like non-invasive. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, what do you like? Oh, how long have you been doing like ballet for? And like, oh my gosh, like when was your last recital? Things like that. Um, and like even little kids just love talking about themselves. And mm. I think like especially when you're like that young and like still developing your social skills like, you don't really know how to talk about anything but yourself. True, And true. so that's kind of just how I developed more of this listener role in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would say that um, until I went to school and really learned it and got an education from it and training from it, it was very unrefined. Mm. Um, and I say that because... Um, I think I was trying to be a social worker or like a counselor to my friends mm. um, when I shouldn't have. And what I do you mean by that? What I mean, right? Yeah, what, do you, what do you mean by that specifically? <laughs> so I think that like, um, especially like when you're adults, um, you just naturally, whether you grew up in a healthy family or like an unhealthy family, whatever your background is, like because we're all imperfect, um, because we can all only see in our own perspective, because our parents aren't perfect, our siblings aren't perfect, we all come with some sort of emotional wound or baggage. Mm. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of times you just try to be a well-meaning friend. It's like, oh, I just want to be there for you and I want to help you unpack this. But when you do that, you can do a lot more harm than good. Mm. Um, and not as I think we've talked about this yes. before, but the analogy that I like to use is when people give you their emotional baggage, um, what you're doing is you're unpacking all of these things in their lives and you're really taking a look into their deep personal wounds, things that are very near and dear to them. And if you don't have the proper training, because what you're supposed to do is as you unpack these things with this person, is you have to make sure that you put them all in the proper place, that Mm -hmm. you examine them all and you say, this is what it is. Um, But a lot of times when you don't have that training and you're trying to be this counselor, what you're doing is you're just leaving a mess. Because a lot of times what people do is they'll unpack all these secrets and they're like, wow, thanks so much for being vulnerable with me. Mm. And then it just ends there, mm. you know, and you just leave this person with this mess that they have to look at and face every day. And so I would say like, you know, it's so important to be a loyal friend, right? It's so important to listen to other people, hear their story, whatever it is, but please like be careful mm. in terms of how much you unpack because you have to be willing to make that commitment and being like, hey, I'm going to walk you through this and now I'm going to make sure that you get the help that you need to be completely healed. If you cannot make that commitment with a person, which I think no average friend can mm-hmm. and should be responsible for, um, like don't even bother. Yeah. 
Like, even if you have your doctor friends, like, if you break your arm, yeah. you you better go to the ER. Yeah. Some professional help. No, no. You, know? <laughs> you, gotta get your, you gotta tell your friends. Like, don't be Asian about it. Yeah. You know? yeah <laughs> like, that's so true. And that's so the same thing with, like, an emotional wound is, like, you need someone who's trained in being able to help you with healing that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was going to ask, do you think... Well, during your, like, schoolwork, did you have to work through a lot of things for yourself, too? Because you're more, like you said, you're more of, like, a listener type. So were there any times where you wish somebody would listen to you? And did you seek professional help during, you know, during that course? Yeah. I, so I didn't because I couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, like, one of the sad things about our healthcare system is that mental health is not... A priority it's yeah. becoming I think it's people are getting a lot more aware but I think we're still miles away from where it should be um, so I honestly I just couldn't afford it but mm-hmm. it was definitely always recommended like all of my teachers were like if you haven't seen a therapist yet you should really start doing it you know like you have to practice what you preach so if you're gonna tell other people to see a therapist then like you yourself should have tested out the product before you recommend it to others mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think like with the things that I've been learning because they were like all these theories, they were confirming a lot of things about my own past. I was like, I really, really need to get some help. Mm. And so I spent two years like that. And then, um, actually I'm like part-time working right now, but once I become full-time employed, I'm going to take advantage of those benefits. And yes. it's nice. my goal for 2020 to see a therapist mm. for sure. So, um, you guys can keep me accountable on that, wow. but yeah. yeah, please do. Well, you just unpacked that on us. <laughs> We're going to see this to completion. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep you posted. I really feel cool. like mental health is like almost preventative medicine, you know? Yes. Because it does, it could get to the point where it affects your physical well-being. It affects you being able to go to your job and like mm-hmm. live a healthy life. You know, like I feel like when it goes untreated or like unattended to, you really like feel bad and you're not sure why, you know? Yeah. And you feel like sick sometimes and you're not sure why. And mm-hmm. a lot of it I feel like is due to you not realizing like what emotions you're having mm-hmm. and I don't know, what are you not working through, you know? And I am kind of curious, like, what Ray thinks, because I talk to you, Jessica, about mental health all the time, mm-hmm. but I've never talked to Ray about it. And oh, I, that's I love this. You know? You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And from a guy's perspective, you're that's right. True. I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so, yeah, it's interesting, because um, I remember I was talking to Noms earlier in, like, uh, some episode about, like, how I have a group of guys that I can be very open with, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I'm so, I feel supported, uh, which is a rarity. You were saying no, I'm just, uh, mm-hmm. for guys, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's it's interesting because um, like overall, here's what I think about men and mental health. It's very interesting that there's like this goes really deep. So maybe this is like I don't know. Maybe I'm just like pulling this out of my butt, but it's interesting that serial killers are particularly men and not mm. women. Mm. Um, and there's a, it makes you think, right? Like, like how did we go from mental health of men or to serial killers? maybe it's just the women serial killers are so smart they don't get caught. <laughs> no, that, but it's kind of dark. I'm totally kidding. Well, actually, it, it's true, though. It, but it's kind of dark because, like, like the way that the, these serial killers kind of, like, go about and why they're men and, 
you know, like, what happens to their, like, were they born like this? Are they, like, are they sociopathic? Like, are, you know, are they psychopathic? Or, like, um, what happens to their nature, like, where such a radical shift happens and they become, like, so incredibly violent? And it's, in my opinion, um, I'm not studied like you are, but I think it's because of suppression. Mm. Um, and I think emotional suppression, like, mm. when you're dealing with anger or when you're dealing with anxiety or fear or just like unresolved trauma and you suppress it instead of addressing it, mm. I feel like that, um, it like radicalizes your, um, your emotions, you know, mm. or it, it like, it just really affects you. Like, um, so that's why it's like a, it's like a sneeze, you know, like it's better just to let that bad boy fly yes. than to like keep it in or like plug your nose, you know, mm. because you could like blow an eardrum or something crazy. Mm. Um, and in the same way with your emotions, it's like, you need a release, and I feel like for a woman, it's so easy to release. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like with other women, it's like, oh, you know, I'm really sad, and then women will be like, wow, you're sad, okay, and they'll Let's listen. Talk about it. Yeah, the yeah. guys is like, oh, I'm sad, and then guys will be like, get over it. Mm-hmm. So the expectation is, um, like, you need to be above your weakness, mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, like that's just how it is. Like weakness is like something that's like. It's um, I don't know. It's it's just looked down upon in, in in male culture. You know, like it's hard to be vulnerable because you need to put on the facade of strength. I've I think I've grown. Like when I was young, I was honest, but I wasn't always vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm getting older, I've realized there's power. The the power of vulnerability is, um, it does reveal your weakness, but it also helps you to normalize it because mm-hmm. we are weak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. I mean, I think that culture has a lot to play with it, Um, and in the context of what you were sharing, Ray, I think that we definitely live in a society where men are expected to be this tough, like, emotional rock, Mm. and, like, the girl is the one that's like, oh my gosh, let me just, like, tell you everything that I'm, like, sad about, and then the dude's just like, yes, I can handle it because I'm an emotional rock. (laughs) I can absorb absorb this, and I'm not going to feel anything, you know? That's me. (laughs) And I think, like, alluding to what you were saying, Ray, like, it's just, it's interesting, it's kind of paradoxical to think about, but when you share your weaknesses and you're vulnerable and you're open and honest about your emotions, like, that's actually really a sign of strength, Mm. you know? And I think that our culture kind of has, like, courage and boldness kind of mixed up. Like, I think there's a difference between being courageous versus being brawny, Mm. you know? And you can be brawny, but you can still be a coward. Um, But when it comes to courage... Like, you need the presence of fear because courage is facing your fears. Mm. So if you're not facing a fear and you're not feeling that fear, then, like, are you really being courageous? Mm. You know, and so I I think that, like, if we could just spin that for guys, I don't know if that's something that would be more appetizing to solve, but, like, it's like, yeah, it's a really brave and courageous thing to do to put yourself out there and say, this is what I'm feeling. This Mm. is something that makes me cry. You know, this is something that makes me upset. Man, maybe this is a little too vulnerable, but I I, I just have to share it. Try me. Um, well, well, we can just edit it out. I don't care. Uh, but uh, yeah, so like recently there was like this thing with a girl, and then it didn't work out. And I think in my previous all these previous like times in my life where I felt sad, 
I think I would try and distract myself to not be sad. Mm. And this goes back to earlier what we were talking about with like social media, like this age of distraction. But, mm. um, but this time I, I distinctly made the choice and I told myself, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be sad. Um, and that's okay. Because there's so many times where I'm like, I'd rather play like video games or like um, do something on my phone or go on Instagram or go on YouTube or learn a new skill or, you know, just all these things, anything else but what I want to actually do which is just to, you know, come to terms with how I'm actually feeling. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I do, I do support that wholeheartedly is it, it's important to let yourself feel what you feel. Mm. Um, because, and this goes back to suppression too, like mm -hmm. suppressing, you know, the way you feel is just, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And I think just to like tag along that too is, um, you know, all these distractions with like social media, whatever it may be, I think that, you know, like your parents, they're gonna, they hate it because they think you're not being productive. Like you should be doing your homework or like you should be studying or doing something more productive. Um, but the reason why I hate it is because it's so dehumanizing in the sense where it does distract you from being able to feel very normal human responses. Mm, you know, because it's like, I'm feeling irritated and I don't wanna think about it, so I'm gonna watch this YouTube video, mm, you know? Yeah. And I think, as a whole our society we've become a lot more like just emotionally immature yeah. you know and it's like if you want to like express yourself then you just hide as like an internet troll you just like write down these really mean nasty comments and that's your way of expressing yourself mm. and so that's the reason why I'm just like oh I don't really like social media because it's so easy for it to become a distraction and it's very dehumanizing because we're all created to feel a whole wide range of colors of emotions mm. but now we have this option to pick and choose when we feel certain things mm. because we don't have to be stuck with ourselves and so it's just it's like becoming a very big issue yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, there's a, there's a lot of talk about emotional health and um, um, you know knowing yourself introspection and mm -hmm. mental health awareness etc cetera, etc cetera, right yes um, but at what point do you think this conflicts with the message of the gospel? Ooh, mm -hmm. that's because, a really good question. Um, <laughs> I love that question because I think um, when I normally have these kinds of conversations with people, it just ends here. And I'm like, wait, there's like a part two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like God is here. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, right so I'm here. glad you, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, I think the first thing I would say is um, I am a sinner. Listener, you are a sinner. Ray is a sinner, and I Jessica, or I mean, Nams is a sinner. Really so big. We're all sinners here. Really big sinner. And no, so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really big, yeah. Okay, biggest. we have a conversation. Okay, I'm like the greatest sinner. Like, you know, like, no, just Nams. You're like born of the tribe of Benjamin or whatever. I was a Pharisee. Yes, I am that sinner. Okay, yeah. anyway. Um, no, I really like that question because I wish we would not end it with ourselves. And I think one popular um, theory out there for psychology is self-psychology. And it's all about the whole like self-empowerment. Like you have the power within yourself to make all these changes. You're a good person. You just ha was dealt like a bad hand of cards, whatever it may be. And um, I think that's very against Christianity. It's very anti-gospel, you know, because it leaves mm. no room for the gospel. Um, and we do have to acknowledge that we are sinful beings still, you know, um, and we're going to struggle with sin. 
uh, till the day we die. And so I would say that I always kind of just talk with the person first about, you know, what they're going through. And I think, you know, you guys know me pretty well where I love encouraging people and highlighting, you know, their gifts and talents because... I think that like that is something that at least in like Korean American culture is so lacking. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I naturally love highlighting people's gifts because I think that as people um, we love attention, whether it's positive or negative. So if you are constantly highlighting someone's negative attributes or their weaknesses, that's all they're going to focus on, and that's because that's where the attention is at. Yeah. But if you were to instead you know, praise them for like, oh, thank you so much for cleaning up, or like, oh, thank you so much for like helping me with this, and those are things that they orient themselves to, and I think for myself, the people that I want to be around with are people who are aware of their strengths and weaknesses, um, but they're not caught up on their weaknesses, but they are able to use their strengths, because I think that um, this idea of being a well-rounded human being is... I just, I don't know if I agree with that because I really believe that no one should be an island. And this is coming from like a big introvert here mm. where um, we have to work together. But if you're self-sufficient, if you're well-rounded, then you have no purpose in working with other people. Mm. Um, I always like to just, you know, put in God into the picture because he belongs to be the whole picture of mm. just saying that, you know, he's the one that created you. and. Mm. I guess like if I had to live by one Bible verse, it's um, in Psalm 139, which is, we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. You know, we are wonderful works, and do we really believe that? Um, and so I would say people who like struggle with, you know, self-hate, which I do too. You know, I genuinely do not like how I'm built a lot of times. Um, I think it's because we don't really understand how we've been created then, or we've really built ourselves in a way that is very far removed from how God in originally intended us to be. For sure. Mm. You know, and so I think that's where self-hate and self-doubt can kind of kick in. Um, and so if we're all on the same page here that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made, then yeah, like we should like love ourselves and like we should embrace like the qualities that we have because we are reflecting something where God is just so infinite that every single person to have ever existed and who will exist will portray him in a way that no one else ever could perfectly emulate, mm, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, but it doesn't end with like, oh, then what are my gifts and what are my talents? You know, like how can I like make a difference in the world? Like that's still selfish thinking, I think. Really, you know, the God's, centered mindset that you want to have is like well I just want to know my creator more than like who created me who is this crazy infinite amazing powerful God that made me and you know he chose me of all whatever is in existence to you know reflect a little bit of himself mm. you know and so it's like you need to know the father know who he is know what his desire is what does he like what are his interests you know like what does he want you know um and as you discover him you naturally discover like oh i can kind of see those things in me too mm. you know so it always starts with knowing god first and as you do that naturally i think out of an overflow you do start to understand like oh and this is how i'm created mm. for sure yeah. yeah that's so good because I think oftentimes, even before I started therapy, I actually emailed Pastor John, our pastor at Hebron, and I was like, to what extent should I 
invest in trying to get to know myself and trying to get to know more about me and to what extent should I not do that because <laughs> in the Bible it says like love others before yourself things like that interesting going back to this yeah yeah, yeah. so it's really interesting that you say to like start with knowing God first because I think that is the key and every time I've felt more like what is it called like a narcissist almost like there are times literally when after therapy or like thinking about me or like trying to reflect on some of the issues that I need to reflect on I'm like I am such a narcissist like <laughs> I need to stop thinking about myself I need to stop caring about myself and I think there is such a fine line between like caring way too much about you and your own qualities and your mm -hmm. own like power I guess mm -hmm. and that line between that and knowing that you reflect God like for me it's always kind of like I have to like check myself all the time you know but I'm like kind of absorbing what you're saying because I'm like if I were to invest more of my time not thinking about that and worrying about that rather just trying to like get to know who God is more like reading the Bible more or like really just asking God like who are you like yeah. what do you like yeah. you know like I feel like that would just relieve a lot of that stress because I don't want to become a narcissist I don't want to become this like yeah. person who always thinks about myself but there is a part of me that's like really benefiting from doing that and like from knowing who I am more and I think the part of that is knowing God's qualities mm -hmm. in me and like what the gifts that he's given me you know like so there's this like yeah yeah it's always God first and I think that you know it's it, it seems like a paradox, but it's logical in the sense where if we were created to worship, then we are most content doing that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think what that means is that it doesn't say I'm created to know myself better as a human being and become self-aware. You know, it's not about that. Be woke. Yeah, and like it's like it doesn't it doesn't say that. Like, yeah. tell me where it says that. You know, right? But really, if you are a believer in the Christian faith, then you believe that you're created to worship. All creation worships God, and so like, why don't we start there? Like, why do we have to try so hard to dig within ourselves and find mm. meaning in ourselves? That just makes you more unhappy because think about it. We already established here that everyone in this room is a sinner, right? So if you're digging through a sinner's like insides, like all you find is more sin <laughs> and it just gets so depressing and you're like, I'm the worst. Like, why would I ever live for myself? You yeah, know? Yeah. But if you start with like, oh, I'm made to worship and it's like, well, why do I have to worship God then? Oh, I better get to know God, mm -hmm. you know? And as you know God more, then you find that contentment and that joy. I really believe that. The less you think about yourself in that sense, mm -hmm. and the more you're like, I want to know God more than I want to know myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really think that that makes a difference in your faith life. Yeah. Yeah, okay. there's two, I mean, like, there's that saying, um, uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Um, but it's thinking of yourself less right. mm. and thinking of God more. I mean, like mm -hmm. if you added that, like a faith angle to it. Mm -hmm. um, but the second thing is there's this quote by um, a Christian philosopher, Soren Kierkegaard, and it goes, um, Lord, with your help, I shall become myself. Mm. And, um, you know, that's truer. Yeah. It, you know, like it's so interesting, like become yourself. Like, but um, uh, I heard that in high school and it really stuck with me. And um, it's so true. 
Um, like you, you become really, a more who you were created to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that um, makes sense. Like every day, if you lean into whatever God's doing, you are becoming more yourself than you ever realized, mm-hmm. which is ironic. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to realize that this podcast is coming to a natural end. Do you have something to share with our four listeners? Um, huh. Something that empowers you, something that gives you strength, something that really encourages you and can you share that with our listeners oh well i think like with it still kind of feeling fresh for like a new year we're still in the first month of the year um i think something that i always have to keep telling myself and maybe it turns into an encouragement is that you know i just have to be myself as cliche as that sounds but there's a tagline to that is, yes, be yourself, but you better make sure that you know who you are. Mm. Um, mm. And so, yeah, live unapologetically, you know, just be who you are created to be, but just make sure you know who that is. Then you don't have to apologize. Um, and I say that because I think that um, I currently in this season of life, like I'm just filling in for a lot of things where it's not my natural skill set. So like, I remember telling Noms and Jessica Park, we were just talking, I was like, I feel like you guys just see like this youth group teacher side of me that's very administrative type A, and like, we just need to get things done, bam, 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 like, you know, and leave no person behind. And I think that is a part of me, but that's definitely not my natural skill set. Like, I am so bad with details. I... (laughs) they stress me out more than anything um I am totally the type of person where like if you look at how I travel this is more of my natural personality which is like I just make sure that I have my plane ticket and a place to sleep and then after that we just see how the day goes that's nice. definitely more of how I am nice. you know that's me <laughs> it's like just walk until you find something cool like I think that is like my mantra <laughs> And so it, but I think that like in my current work situation and with like youth group, I'm filling in for these roles that are not just very natural to me, not even second nature. I would say like third nature to me. Mm. Um, And so it's hard a lot of times because I am constantly battling with like, oh, like, I don't think I did this well enough or like, oh, I should have done this or like, why did I forget that detail? You know, it's so important. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, it's just like, it's because I'm not really doing what I was naturally created to do. And yeah, there are seasons in life where like you have to fill in for roles, you know, that you're just not naturally good at. And that's kind of where I am right now, to be completely honest. And so I always have to tell myself like, you know, if I'm sucking at something, it's because I'm doing something that I'm not good at and that's okay. Mm. Um, and I don't have to expect perfection from myself. I don't have to be this well-rounded individual. Mm. No. So yeah, just... Know yourself, know God first, and then you'll naturally see that you're knowing yourself. I think that if more people just lived life knowing that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, that they have a creator who loves them, who wants to reveal himself to them, and who also wants to reveal his creativity to them, you know, like people would just be so much more content and joyful. And so, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to do our beat, uh-huh. and um, the rule oh, is no, you get to add anything you want, 
People oh really God. suck at this. I forgot about that. Oh, I don't know. Are you ready, I... Noms? 